Okay, ready? I'm ready. Hi. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel so dumb. I, like, can't start well. (laughs) I'm, like, too perky and I don't like it. Okay. We should be, like, properly depressed for this intro. (laughs) Hi. I'm big. (laughs) And you can ask your doctor about a prescription for big and white. (laughs) Big and white. Proud sponsor for this episode. (laughs) Hi, I'm Big. And I am White. And together we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So what are we talking about today, White? Today is the second episode of a two-part episode. Um, I'm going to try not to keep saying episode after this. Uh, So the last time that we chatted, we talked about what our current experience is with transitioning from living in Nepal to a current season of being back in our home country of the U.S. And this week, we're going to give you some practical tips about kind of how to re-enter your home country with good grace, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see if we're following any of our own advice. Exactly. We'll still give it to you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're still a little bit fresh off the boat to be giving this kind of advice. We're in the thick of it, but you're along for the ride with us. Exactly. I was just thinking as you were talking, maybe we should, our next episode, we should have a guest who like has successfully transitioned and they can Mm. give us real advice. (laughs) That's good. Or they, we should just have someone like listen to this current episode and then just like critique it, like just trash us and be like, you (laughs) idiots, you're getting it all wrong. You don't even know. Like we don't even need to be there. It'll just be like a roast. Oh, I love it. It's good. <laughs> well, White, speaking of transition, how's your week? My week has been pretty intense. I don't know if you guys, if you're outside of the U.S., if you've been following all of the weird weather that's happening in the south of the U.S., but like, holy goodness, we've had an intense couple weeks. Hey, guys, editing big here. So you may notice that we recorded this a month ago, and I have not edited it yet. So with all this reference to crazy weather, that happened at the end of February. Anyway, just in case you were confused. Um, I live outside of town in the country on a dirt road, and it's very hilly, and it snowed, I don't know, maybe 10 inches or something. And then uh, we got stuck at our house for like maybe five days couldn't get out of our driveway. Oh, geez. And uh, the the lowest temperature that it got to was minus 13 degrees Fahrenheit, which Whoa. is, don't worry, I'm looking it up, which would be minus 25 Celsius. Does it normally get that cold there? Nope. It's not like a all-time record, but I can't remember a time that it has gotten that cold in my lifetime. So wow, it's definitely not normal. Um, but what is normal is that Arkansas has major temperature fluctuations so that one like 
uh, within five days, it went from minus 13 during the day to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) What? That's like a 90 degree difference. (laughs) I know. That's wild. I know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So So 75 would be about 24 degrees Celsius. So freaking hot. So are you having like emotional and physical whiplash? Like how are you surviving that? I really was. It was really rough actually. And like my sister who I'm living with needed to go to a doctor's appointment when it was all super snowy and cold. And since we couldn't get our vehicles out of the driveway, you know, like someone had to come and rescue us that had a four wheel drive. And it was just like this whole all this dramatics, you know, and then you're like, you have to keep the water running all the time so that the pipes don't freeze. And (laughs) and I like, just didn't even want to go outside at that point. And then suddenly I was like, yay, I can finally go outside again. And then I went out and went running and like got heat rash oh my from how hot it was. Wow. So it made me a little bit grumpy. I'm not going to lie. That's, yeah, I don't know how I would handle that. It sounds hard. Yeah. So right now it's uh, kind of transitioning into spring. So it's kind of overcast, pretty cloudy, a little cool, like maybe in the 50s or something. So not too bad. Okay. Kind of back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I feel much better about it. I can drive in and out of the driveway and not worry that I'm going to get stuck there. So <laughs> life is <laughs> good. good. <laughs> Luxurious. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So that was my weird week. What about you, Big? Um, This isn't really related to my week, but I just have to say it's been kind of weird watching everyone else in the country have like the craziest weather in a hundred years while (laughs) us here in LA we've had the exact weather that we always have (laughs) strangely predictable it feels Mm. wrong somehow (laughs) that sounds soothing to me it is soothing I know I've spent so much time outside in the sun it's really nice Do you think all of the Um, Californians who have moved to Texas are like, dang it? (laughs) Yeah, what have I done? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Bad timing for us. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah, anything else going on this week? Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like trying to get into a routine, which is hard. Mm. I know no one is surprised, but I'm secretly surprised. I think, like, part of it is I'm kind of, like, usually when I come to the States, I'm not working, right? So I just, like, don't have a good strategy for that. Mm -hmm. And usually when I'm here, you know, I'm here for such a short time that everyone, like, drops whatever they're doing to come and hang out with me. Right. But because I'm here longer, people are just treating me like a normal friend. How rude of them. (laughs) (laughs) Scheduling six months in advance. Yeah, for real. Like, I was talking with... um, I was talking with a couple of people and we were trying to find a time that worked for all three of us. And we ended up scheduling something from like four weeks from now. And I'm oh, like, what wow. am I supposed to do for the next four weeks? I don't have any other friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that's been kind of rough. But I'm trying to remind myself that, you know, I'm not the most important person in every single person's life. I know. What a shock. <laughs> and <laughs> just like be a little bit patient like you will eventually get into a routine and like 
have social events and have things to do, but I'm just not there yet. So it's like that unpleasant limbo stage. Yeah. You know, you know all about that. Well, it is hard because like our community in Kathmandu, like even at the end of the year when like all of our expat friends had left the country, it was still like, you know, we had each other and moon right and we were like two blocks apart so we could hang out with someone really quickly right exactly yeah it's not like that when you have to drive an hour and a half across la to see somebody (laughs) so true i know my parents live so far from everyone else i know in la (laughs) i'm just like Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is has been really cool to hang out with my family and just you know hang around and be normal my family's very chill so yeah that's been good at least my mom and I are simultaneously watching a TV show, but like separately, <laughs> like we're mostly on pace, but not exactly. So we keep being like, oh, have you gotten to this episode yet? Oh, no, you haven't. Okay, I won't say anything. <laughs> have you gotten to this episode? Yes. What was that? That was so weird. Oh I don't get gosh. it. <laughs> so funny you're watching it separately. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes it'll be like, oh, my dad's using the TV. Or, like, Mm. I, you know, just, like, sit down to watch an episode. And then I realize that she's also watching one. I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, she'll watch while I'm working. And then I'll watch while she's sleeping or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You do have really weird hours with your work right now and time and stuff. So that makes sense. It's hard. Yeah, just adding to my transition woes. But Oof. anyway, that's enough of me complaining. I'm actually not that unhappy right now. I just, <laughs> it's the biggest thing I have to talk about. So Sure. Uh, yeah, it's a very sharp left for us to be like, yeah, I don't know, not doing that well. Anyway, let's talk about how you guys can do better than <laughs> we are currently doing. <laughs> well, some of these tips we stole from other people. So that's it's not true. only our own wisdom and advice. That is true. Okay, should we get into it? Let's do it. Um, I want to start by reading this quote from a blog post that I read about re-entry, and I just thought it was so good that I wanted to share with you guys. Okay. So she says, no one can prepare you for re-entry, not even your closest friends and family who have walked alongside you through this season. Neither can a countless number of books and podcasts nor accumulated hours spent in therapy. Oh, or copious amounts of Cabernet Sauvignon and rum. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you, I've tried almost all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm more of a whiskey girl myself, but yeah, rum sounds delicious as well. I did buy a bottle of Bullet whiskey pretty much as soon as I got into the U.S. So. Yes, get it, girl. You got your priorities straight. It hasn't solved all my problems, but it hasn't made them worse either, so I'm just going to throw <laughs> that out there. <laughs> Not an official tip from us, but, you know, alcohol can be a nice thing sometimes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, that's really good. That's a good caveat as we start off on this episode. Right. Yeah. You know, there's lots of things that you can do to try to make your experience better and try to do things well, but nothing can really prepare you for it. And Mm -mm. it's no matter what, it's going to have ups and downs. Yeah. That's just the nature of doing a new hard thing. So, yep. Everybody reacts differently to these different kind of stresses. So, of course, it's going to be a different experience for you. Yes, that is a really good point. That is so true. 
Okay, with that said, let's jump into it. Yeah, so the first thing that we have on here is something that I've been really terrible at so far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's lean into new routines, but don't get trapped under them. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done a whole episode about like the reason that COVID has been hard is the same reason that culture shock is hard. And the reason is that you don't have routines and your brain gets real tired of making decisions. Yes. But yeah, I think, you know, this is just definitely something that I've struggled with. Like I just want to immediately have a whole new life set up and like have all my routines and everything. But when it really comes down to brass tacks, it's actually very hard to do that. Yeah. So, but a good way to do it, I think, is sort of to have like transitional routines. Mm. So really try to find some structure in your life and that will give your brain a break as far as decision making goes. But that doesn't mean you have to commit to that new routine or that new structure for like the next six months, right? right. Like I might just be living here f- and like in this specific house for two months so I can create a routine for when I'm here and then if something changes that's fine and I can make a new routine like I don't have to be trapped in that structure that I've created for myself absolutely so that could even just be things like like I like to sit in a certain spot and drink my coffee in the morning and read a little bit of a nonfiction book that's been something that I was so happy to be able to like start doing consistently again it feels so nice and it kind of like sets my day up into a little bit more of a I don't know a peaceful start to a day instead of having to immediately make a bunch of decisions about what I'm gonna do yeah totally that sounds amazing yeah and I think with that too like you said like definitely it's it's our tendency to want to just kind of have this new life already set up for yourself but something that I've been really trying to Uh, keep myself aware of is how rare it is that I have so much freedom with my schedule right now. Like, Mm. yes, I love I love my routine. I love not having to make all of these decisions and work with my willpower and all of that. But at the same time, like, how many people do you know that could just be like, oh, you know what, like, I don't really have that much keeping me Uh, in my current city like maybe I'll just go and see my friend for a couple weeks like that's amazing (laughs) right yeah that's a rare thing and I mean of course not all of you guys who might be transitioning out of working overseas will have that kind of freedom but like since we this is like an official part of our job that we pretty much get to be furloughed or have a kind of a sabbatical but like that's amazing (laughs) I'm having so much fun. I mean, even like, I'm just thinking about when I moved from California to Portland, Mm -hmm. you know, I got a job and I was working, but I didn't know that many people yet. I didn't have that many friends or social engagements. Right. And it was kind of amazing. Like, I would just get home from work and just like sit by the window and read a book for two hours. (laughs) You know, I don't want to do that every day for the rest of my life. It was kind of nice to have that period where it's just, like you said, there's not as much pulling at you, you know? Absolutely. A little bit extra margin goes a long way in a day. Right. So try to appreciate that. I'm telling that to myself. Yeah, Big, are you listening to yourself? Are you listening to your own advice? (laughs) Enjoy this time. It's fine. (laughs) Well... Our next point, speaking of setting up a new lifestyle, is that you're 
gonna have to spend money. Oof. Now, I know some of you are like, heck yes, I already knew that. Yeah. And some of you are like, I don't think that's true, White, but <laughs> hear me out. Because I tend to be pretty thrifty. Like, I like to work hard, play hard, whatever, whatever. But like, I, yeah, if I can save money, then I will. Um, but it turns out that I can't necessarily always save money when I'm trying to restart my entire life mm -hmm. after coming back with only a few bags. Yeah. <laughs> and like all you poor people who like don't live in America and only get like 23 kilos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you really know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah, and so this is kind of twofold actually. So on one hand, you're gonna you're gonna spend more money than you normally would um because you have to buy random things like kitchen shears and you know, like all the other stuff that you're like, I can just buy this back in my home country. Right. Well, and you don't think about it like because normally you spread all that purchasing out over months. So right. it doesn't you don't mm -hmm. think about it normally, but like, I just had to basically rebuy all toiletries that I use. <laughs> That's a lot yeah. all at once. Yep. It really is. Credit card statement's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. the I think the other aspect to this point is that you might end up wasting some of your money mm. and that's okay yeah right i think this is the same rule that we had in nepal as well because you're like i don't have 30 years of experience in this country to be like just intuitively like oh this is too cheap or this is too expensive mm -hmm. like you're gonna end up wasting some money that's probably gonna that's probably going to be the case in your home country, too. Right. I mean, you might just, like, buy things that you think you need, and then it turns out you totally don't need them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I never used that. Whoops. Yeah, for sure. Or, like, I accidentally spent, I don't even, I'm not even going to tell you how much <laughs> I spent on lotion yesterday. I like your use of the word accidentally. I did. I tell you, I went into full-blown like, <laughs> I'm I, I'm gonna blame culture shock on it. Gosh dang it. My brain shut down. I was like, oh, this is something I need and like, I'm, okay, this is terrible, but like, in Nepal, things tend to be affordable. I don't really think like, oh, well, this is something I need, therefore it's worth investing in. Mm. And I don't even like, really think about how much that's gonna cost. For most things. And so I kind of still have that mentality. And you can't do that in America. No, like, I really was middle can't. class in Nepal. I am not middle class in America. Mm. And I am still learning my place. So <laughs> yeah. I wasted a lot of money. And I could be, like, really pissed off at myself. But... It's all part of the learning experience. Yeah. It doesn't mean, like, for me, it doesn't mean that I'm going to need to go hungry for my next three meals to pay for this <laughs> stupid bottle of lotion. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm just going to kind of be like, good grief. You know, I can't believe you did that. Learn from it. Move on. Don't do it again. Yeah. And related to that, our next tip is pace yourself. I think this was definitely something I struggled with right when I arrived, which normally when I come to the U.S., I'm only here for a short time. So right. I'm like, okay, I got to do all the things that I need to do. I need to buy all the things that I need to buy. And guess what? 
no, you don't have to do that now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying really hard to, like, you know, even if I have a list of things I want to buy, like, okay, prioritize. Like, just buy the ones you need today, and you won't need that for a month, so don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah whatever. <laughs> Wait for a sale or, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to pace yourself. But it really is. It's important. Yeah. I'm kind of turning it into a game for myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to buy as much secondhand as I possibly can. Oh, nice. So I'm like seeing what I can buy at the thrift stores, you know, mm-hmm. and it feels yeah. it feels pretty good to make that a practice. Yeah, nice. Okay. And the next point is all about finding people that feel safe. Mm. So obviously relationships are super important. And can, you know, make you feel like you're back at home or make you actually feel like you're in a foreign country. So safe people would be people like they ask the right questions about where you're coming from. They might not, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of travel experience or something, but they understand that this is something big that you're going through yeah, and can anticipate that because of that, you're going to need some some kind of different treatment, I'll say, without making you sound like you're for the royalty. <laughs> yeah, or like different kind of support or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I feel like it's a little bit hard to explain, I think, exactly like like who your safe people are, how you need them to act. But mm-hmm. you can tell when it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They listen to your stories like without trying to one up you or like turn the focus back on them. I mean, that's something that everyone should do always. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's especially tempting to do that when, you know, for the person who doesn't understand your context, your overseas context, like I don't get it. Well, let's talk about something I'm more familiar with. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I feel like I've had a couple people since I've been back just ask really good questions that, like you know, how are you doing? This aspect must be hard. And I'm like, oh, you actually get it. Mm. Or just offering to help. Like one of my friends sent me a text. She's like, I listened to your podcast. And let me just tell you, I will be your reference person. Um, if you don't know where to buy underwear, I will help you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, that's like, I can't even tell you how helpful that is. Just yep. Like, the fact that she knew that was what I needed, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes those are the people that you don't expect either. Like, Mm. for me in the past, it's been people who I'm, like, I'm friends with, but maybe not, like, my best friends. But then suddenly they're just coming alongside me and be like, yes, of course, I want to spend two hours with you looking at makeup at Ulta, you know, (laughs) something like that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that is a really good point. Or sometimes it's people, you know, maybe it's someone that's never traveled overseas, but it's like they still just have the instincts for, like, understanding you and mm-hmm. being there for you. So very important. Yeah, find your safe people. Yes. <laughs> um, the next point is it's okay to love two places. Mm. <laughs> I think it's easy to sort of get into a mindset of like, you know, oh, the place that I was living before, the place I was living overseas is like so amazing and my home country sucks. Like, 
you know, all these things about it are weird and hard. Like people won't make plans for like less than a month out. What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Or kind of go the other way. I think some people do that. Like, yes, I'm so relieved to be back in my home country. Like now I have all the conveniences that I wanted. Like, I mean, for me, for example, I could be like, LA is such an amazing city. Like, you know, we have the beach and whatever. It's like so great. And just kind of like forget about your old life. Right. I, you know, it's easier to do that, to just think about one thing. Like your brain doesn't like to hold things in tension, but that is the healthy thing to do. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like for me, it's really good to remember that both things are good, but just in different ways, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And both things have problems, but the problems are different. And I think most importantly, both lives that you live have purpose, even if it's in different ways. You know, I think a lot of people, when they move overseas, often work for a nonprofit, like they're doing this job that feels really purposeful or helpful. And then they get back to their home country and they're like, why am I here? Mm. Like, <laughs> I have no purpose. Like, who am I helping? I yeah. can't even function in this country. Yeah. So, yeah, it looks different, but they're both good. And you don't have to give up your lo- love for one place in order to also love another place. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard and sometimes it sucks, but it's so it's such a rich existence if you can learn how to kind of live in that tension Mm. i guess yeah Mm -hmm. there's a lot of room for growth there absolutely yeah it's pretty amazing yeah i don't think i can add anything else to that (laughs) great (laughs) um yeah that leads really well into the next point that i wanted to bring up which is you need to accept the fact that you've changed from this experience but also that you're going to continue to change. Mm, yeah. I think moving to a foreign country is a pretty dramatic thing to do. No. <laughs> and I mean that in the best possible way. <laughs> like, you set yourself up to vulnerability. Like, you know, you're basically, you turn into a little kid again, right? And you have to learn how to do everything. And you get used to that. And you probably, like, are a lot more resilient, hopefully. (laughs) If you've had a good experience, you're likely more resilient. Mm. Um, You know how to rely on yourself, rely on other people. Yeah, you've probably grown a lot in the last season of living overseas, right? Yeah. And suddenly you're in your home country and you're like, I'm just going to like revert back to where I what I used to be like when I was in my home country. Like you guys know, do you have this thing where you go back to your parents house (laughs) and you like instantly turn into a like a really sloppy teenager again? (laughs) You're like, why am I so angry that somebody asked me to wash the dishes like I wash my own dishes Every single other day of the year, and right now it makes me angry. Mom, come on. Jeez. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so we totally get that fear and that tendency um, when you're restarting your life in your home country. Um, That's real. But it made me think of, uh, I was reading recently in this book called Range, 
which is a good book. Um, but it's called The End of History Illusion. Yes. Which means yeah. that, like, all people pretty much fall victim to this. <laughs> it's the idea that you can look back on, say, the last 10 years of your life and you're like, man, I've changed so much. Ah, so amazing. And then you look forward to the next 10 years and you're like, no, probably I'm I'm just going to stay like this. Like, <laughs> I think, you know, like I've changed a lot, but like I'm here now. I've arrived. I've peaked. Right. <laughs> totally. Well, and they've like done studies where they do it throughout. Like people of all different ages do this, right? Mm-hmm. So like 18-year-olds think they won't change. 28-year-olds think they won't change. 58-year-olds think they won't change. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Everyone recognizes the past change, but not the future. Right. It's so crazy. I mean, I totally do that, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got a lot of, like, caveman brain things happening that, like, tell us that we need to protect ourselves and we don't need to worry about the future mm. or things that we don't really understand, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I think they did a study, actually, where... People refused to believe that they would change in the future, but then they used music tastes as a way to, like, gauge what they actually thought. So they were like, think about the music that you listened to 10 years ago. And they're like, yeah, okay, okay. They're like, how much money would you have paid to go to that band, see that band live 10 years ago? And they're like, this much. And then they're like, okay, think of those bands now. (laughs) How much do you think that you would pay for them now and they're like uh probably not anything you know (laughs) (laughs) it's a very succinct way of looking at it that's really funny yeah yeah i'm trying to think who was my favorite band 10 years ago yeah Hmm. (laughs) yeah nah so yeah so that's called the end of history illusion um so i just want to remind you guys and remind us as well that It was hard, you know, like it took a lot to build up your last lifestyle. It took a lot of resiliency, right? And hopefully by the time you left, like you had built a lifestyle that you were proud of. And if that good thing happened previously, then you're going to be able to do that again. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to suck maybe in the meantime, but like it's possible. Change, good change is able to come again. Right. That's a really good point. (sighs) <sighs> it just makes me feel tired, though. <laughs> I spent so much energy building up that last life. I'll have to do it again now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're big proponents of resting, too. So Yes, definitely. Take the time you need. Yeah. Um, okay, our next point. Uh, this is actually... A broader point that I think is good for everyone uh, that my grandma always used to say, and my mom learned it from her, but it's it's okay to talk about your feelings, but it's not always okay to show them. And I feel like that is such a good thing because it encourages you to, you know, really think about what's going on and process all of these difficult things you're going through, but that doesn't mean it's okay to take it out on other people mm-hmm. or even if it's just you, like your own brain hears what you say and sees what you do and you can kind of convince yourself of things, uh, if, if that makes sense. Like it's kind of the like fake it till you make it thing. If you act angry, you will be angry. Yeah. If you act 
happy or gracious or patient, you will start to be those things. So yeah, I just really like that. Talk about your feelings, but don't always show them. Yeah, that's great wisdom from grandma. Thanks, Grandma Arla. (laughs) The next point that I wanted to bring up is kind of related to not being too hard on yourself and also just kind of keeping the right perspective. And that is you are not necessarily the person that you currently are during this transition. Yes. So we were just talking. We had a a Zoom call with one of our friends and um, she's going through the same period of re-entry as we are. And she was just like, you know, been in America for like a couple months now and like just the other day I started to like feel a little bit better and you know and it just was such a relief because I had really just thought that I was like that miserable and depressed and grumpy and I was like I don't really like myself (laughs) and now I just realized I was just going through (laughs) re-entry I'm not actually that person (laughs) (laughs) that's such a good point oh man And I have definitely been going through, like, pretty much that same thing, too. Like, it's going to be rough regardless. Like, I'm used to living just as a totally, you know, on my own, none of my family around, like, nobody who would really be able to, like, totally claim my time. I can do whatever the heck I want, make spur-of-the-moment decisions. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm, like, living on a historic property, helping take care of that and pets and my sister who just had surgery on a broken arm and, you know, like all these things. And I'm like real grumpy about it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, I'm a terrible person. And it's like, maybe I'm just kind of transitioning to a different season of life. And that's kind of hard. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'm not a bad person. I'm just doing a hard thing. And that's making me grumpy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is another reason why the last point is so important that you can talk about your feelings, but maybe don't always show them. Mm, Yes, you are so right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that kind of relates to that as well, which is our next point, is that rough does not mean bad, Mm -hmm. but also smooth does not mean easy. Like, you know, just because it's not going so well, (laughs) like you're feeling really grumpy. That doesn't mean, oh, you're doing the transition wrong or everything is terrible and it's never going to be good again. Like sometimes it's just not going to be fun for a while and that's (laughs) fine, you know? But the opposite too, like even if you're transitioning well, that doesn't mean it's going to feel easy. Yeah. You're doing all the things you should do, you know, you're you're listening to the podcasts like ours that give you such great advice and <laughs> going to therapy and you're only drinking a little bit of wine but that doesn't still doesn't mean it's going to feel easy like right. oh no problem this is great right. <laughs> how you feel day to day does not describe your whole trajectory maybe yeah. it's a good way to summarize that yeah and like you know what you're tough like ooh I am. You don't necessarily need everything to be smooth. You don't need to always follow the path of least resistance, right? Like, if you were that type of person, you wouldn't have moved (laughs) 
however far away from your home culture. That's a really good point. Yeah. And then, you know, moved back. Like, you can do it. If you did it before, you can do it this time. I'll just keep reiterating that. <laughs> and you don't want that either. Like, no. You don't want a life where you just take the path of least resistance. No. Nope. You would never grow as a person. Everything you did would be boring. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> what is LA doing to me? Um, okay, well, shall we kind of give our like conclusion summarizing biggest tips for our listeners? Yes. And also for ourselves. We need to listen to our own advice. Yes. Yeah, let's just like really sum up what we've been saying for the last few minutes in that knowing is only half the battle. Mm. So yes, you've prepared yourself for it. You're doing what you need to do. Just like Big said, you're listening to this amazing podcast. Um, <laughs> you're creating this amazing podcast. No, I'm just um, <laughs> so you're preparing yourself. You're doing what you need to do. But Keep it in right perspective. It's still going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It's going to have its weird moments. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be frustrating and slow and confusing. But you can do it. Yes, absolutely. And I just wanted to also say um, kind of a phrase that I came up with while I was in the beginning of life in Nepal is live a life that is always humble but never apologetic. Mm. And it has not steered me wrong thus far. That is so, so good. I love that. Yeah. Keep putting the work in. Yeah. It's going to be weird and you're going to be weird. <laughs> you don't need to apologize for yourself. Everybody's going through some kind of weirdness mm -hmm. most of their lives, honestly. Yes. But keep going. Keep going. I love that. That's so good. The other thing that I wanted to say is just... Have grace. Have lots and lots of grace. Yes. Give it to other people. Keep some for yourself. This is hard for you. It's hard for, you know, the people that you've known for a long time, but haven't seen how you've changed over the last few years. It's hard for new friends who know absolutely nothing about Nepal <laughs> and think it's inside of India. Yep, yep. Um, it's hard for everyone. So just... Unlimited grace is really, I think, what you need for yeah. a transition like this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, on that very positive note, shall we start our segment of the week? Yep, it's time. Let's do it. Okay, so this is going to be a linguistics corner segment. Uh, I want to talk about something that is very applicable to our lives and our transition right now. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's do it. That thing is pragmatics. Mm. So let me just start with like the reason that this topic came up in my mind was the other day I went to a coffee shop and I had just gone to a bookstore. So I was carrying two books and I bought my coffee and then the barista was like just making small talk with me. And she said, oh, do you have a lot of studying to do today? <laughs> <laughs> I, I froze. I was like, what does that mean? Do I look like student age to you? Is it because we're near university? Is it because I'm carrying books? Like what? 
why are you asking me this? What are you trying to convey? Like, I just like, I had no idea what that question meant. Like, is this a comment on something? Or, you know, it was so confusing to me. So I just, I mean, I think I handled it pretty smoothly. Oh, way I to go. I was like, yeah, it's my day off. <laughs> Which uh, it wasn't even, I lied, because I just couldn't handle the situation. <laughs> but it really made me think of this aspect of linguistics, which is called pragmatics. So basically, pragmatics is the study of like the practical aspects of human action and thought. And then in language specifically, it's about basically the use of language in actual situations, right? Mm -hmm. So you have your words, you have your sentences and your grammar and all of that. But then when it really comes down to just day-to-day -day use, like what does that really look like? Right. It's kind of like reading between the lines often. Right, exactly. So um, yeah, like you have your words and your sentences, um, but just knowing those things in a language doesn't mean that you can actually communicate well. Right. So pragmatics or pragmatic competence is the ability to use language effectively in a contextually appropriate fashion. <laughs> so I know English, obviously. I know all the words. I know all the grammar. But in that situation, I didn't understand the context well enough to know what that barista was trying to say to me mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like this is interesting because it's sort of applicable in both directions like when you learn a new language so we moved to Nepal we had to learn Nepali right but we didn't just learn the words and the grammar like we had to understand the context that it's spoken in and you know like what people are trying to get across when they're speaking but I'm realizing that, like, I'm having to relearn some of that in coming back to the U.S. now, too. Yeah. Like, there are contexts that I just don't understand, so. Absolutely. Never mind, like, going between cultures within the U.S., right? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't even get me started on having a roommate from the Midwest. I never know what she's trying to tell me. Oh. <laughs> she's like, I thought it was so clear. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm lost. <laughs> oh, dear. But let's, so let's give some examples to help people understand kind of how pragmatics affects the way that we talk. Um, so one example is, like, say I asked you, like, hey, White, do you want to go for a picnic? And I would say, uh, it's raining. So that, like, literally doesn't make sense, you know, because I'm asking you sort of a yes or no question, and then you just change the topic to the weather. <laughs> But because of pragmatics, in context, that makes sense. Because I know that we don't go on picnics when it's raining. So by you saying it's raining, you're saying, no, let's not go on a picnic. That would be a terrible idea. We would get <laughs> wet and the food would be disgusting. <laughs> so see, like, how much you communicated with just that short phrase, mm -hmm. it's raining. Which is usually things that, like... In your day-to-day -day life, like, you wouldn't even think that you need to make decisions about how to answer, you know? Mm. <laughs> you just, like, assume that people in your home culture can understand what you're trying to get across. Right. It happens so naturally. Like, you hardly even feel yourself doing it. But the interesting thing, too, is, like, because so pragmatics is looking beyond the literal meaning of an utterance, right? It's raining means 
just literally there's water falling out of the sky. But you meant so much more by it's raining in that example. Or like another example would be like, you know, if I asked you like, so white, have you stopped eating hamsters now? <laughs> there's a lot of background information built into that. <laughs> right. It's like adding this assumption like that you were always eating hamsters because, yeah. I mean clearly a delicacy in Arkansas apparently yeah Um. (laughs) but also that I have the willpower to stop if I choose right yeah so pragmatics like actually add a ton of meaning meaning to words beyond just their literal meaning I mean and like like we said it can cause so much confusion but it can really be used like unfairly in arguments to manipulate people mm-hmm. you know like if I asked you have you stopped eating hamsters then that really like puts you on the back foot like uh I well no I no I haven't no I have stopped no I have never I don't eat them <laughs> <laughs> I mean listen to any court case and you will see right. how this gets people in trouble Exactly yeah Another example that I really like is how this is used in advertising. (laughs) Ugh, it drives me crazy. I know, but it's all the time, and you don't even really notice it usually. So, like, say you saw a sign that said sugar-free olive oil. You'd be like, oh, my God, does olive oil normally have sugar in it? Mm -hmm. Like, gross, I don't want that. I better buy this sugar-free one. (laughs) No olive oil has sugar in it, you guys. (laughs) Like, Like, what they wrote is literally true. But it's implying a lot more things to you and kind of tricking you into buying their brand, right? I see that all the time with, um, one, things being labeled (laughs) gluten-free. Gluten-free apples. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, these apples are gluten-free, but these other ones aren't. So I guess I'll buy the ones that are gluten-free. And you're like, no. (laughs) Or like probiotic yogurt. That makes me mad. Yogurt are probiotics. They're living (laughs) bacteria in the yogurt that you're eating. Oh, it totally works on our little dumb caveman brains, though. I know. No. (laughs) (sighs) Gotta have your guns out. Well, no, I shouldn't say that in America. (laughs) You have to go in with your educated mind to the supermarket (laughs) that's right i know and just yet another reason it's really hard to transition to a new culture truth yeah anyway that is a aspect of linguistics that i actually haven't studied very much but is so fascinating like it's amazing how crazy and nuanced it is yeah go out and uh think about how much reading between the lines basically that you do in your daily life with all of your uh, native languages. Yes, friends. Yeah. Go forth and may you have good pragmatics and not lose your pragmatic competence like I have. <laughs> That's all that we wish for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. Well, I think that just about wraps up the episode. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Hope you like this two-parter, starting with our experience hope that wasn't a debbie downer and then this one with some tips um we will definitely do a follow-up soon where we tell you how we haven't been following any of our own advice and our lives are falling apart yep yep a little bit of a cliffhanger that's right you're welcome as always if you have anything that you would like us to talk about or you have anything to add then you can find us on all of the social medias So I still post fairly regularly to Instagram 
Uh, we're on Facebook. You can email us. Look at the show notes for that. Mm-hmm. We have a website. If you want to get a hold of us very quickly with a lot of enthusiasm, you can become a Patreon patron and we'll <laughs> definitely reach out to you quickly. <laughs> Best way to get our attention. Send cool. us the moolah. <laughs> um, with that said, thank you so, so much to all of our Patreon patrons for sticking with us all this time. You guys are amazing. You guys are incredible. Thank you. Um, okay, well, I don't know. Are you ready to do a normal American goodbye? Oh, no. What does that mean? this episode? I think I just need to say, like, well, okay, it's been cool talking with you. Um, I, yeah, I guess I'll talk to you later. And I'll end by saying, why did you call me in the first place? Everyone just texts now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah, another traumatic aspect of transitioning <laughs> to America. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, all right. Goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, White. Bye, guys. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Right, so try to appreciate that. I'm telling yeah. that to myself. <laughs> I haven't called myself the wrong name in a long time. Yeah, big... Are you listening to your oh, loud car driving by? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Things are going smoothly. Um. <laughs>